This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 89 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and as ever, Gary is with me virtually. How are you doing, mate? Always well. As everybody knows, that's my common uh, response. But I had my first full English breakfast at Tanya's in Horncastle today. Um, so I'm Ooh. happy as a pig in dung. And also, in, in, <laughs> well, interesting, uh, and when I say interesting, it's not for anyone else other than me, um, but it turns out that uh, Tanya's in Horncastle is actually owned by the wife of a friend of mine who I hadn't seen uh, since 1995. So by friend, I mean, you know, someone I knew at school, not someone I've just been really ignorant with. Um, yeah, so he's just seen that on Facebook and messaged me, which is good. I mean, you were definitely right when you said that it wasn't interesting to anybody but you. Um, anyway. Yes, but at least it didn't go on for 15 minutes uh, and turn into some sort of analogy <laughs> that will later become famous. Hey, mate, come on. I, I had some good analogies last mm. week. Admittedly, they were off air. Did you? But, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you see, and I don't remember them. So it's like <laughs> if you don't start your Strava before a run, did it really happen? <laughs> And what I think is amusing there is people fair, listening you, you, who people who listening who, who run will be going, oh yeah, 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 that's quite funny. Whereas I don't run and I don't have Strava. I just read it on Twitter and thought it was amusing. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you even said afterwards, you, oh, that's a good analogy, but I can't repeat it because it was about someone that I know. Um, uh, anyway, okay. um, yeah, interesting stuff happening this week. Uh, two new signings that we didn't talk about last week. Uh, we couldn't because they also- hadn't happened, Ben. Yes, that's that's what I was getting to, Gary. And also, um, the fact that we—you're uh, <laughs> such an ass. Um, we're, you know, the fact we we have a start date, despite the fact we were talking about it last week on the podcast, saying uh, we didn't have one officially confirmed. So, yeah. I did say on Twitter, if there was anything else that people wanted to happen that hasn't yet. Um, then let us know because if we talk about it on the podcast then the chances are it'll happen the following day um so at the moment um things that haven't happened that people want to happen uh we had um i think Stu uh, Stuart Wells asked uh, you know said that he's really disappointed that the minute we don't have a price for the PS5 I'm with you on that one um so hopefully that'll happen 
and we had uh, we had one from um I've completely blanked on his name. Um probably called an exile guy. Um Pete. Yes, Peter. Pete, yeah. Uh Pete said um Mansfield to be investigated for uh, financial fair play. And yes, I, I would I would say that that's probably uh, something I'd like to see as well. So um announce those tomorrow, please. That would be grand. But uh, anyway, yes, so new signings, exciting times. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I was just trying to think of things that we could talk about that haven't happened yet. I was just about to say, uh, you know, T- Tyler Walker hasn't as yet had a medical at Lincoln for a free transfer after a, uh, an outrageous display of um, benevolence from uh, Forrest. But yeah, new signings. Well, you say exciting times. Um, yeah, still taking shape, I think. Um, I think what's exciting is yeah. that you can't make the crack about as now needing the goalkeeper. I think we had a little joke about that. I can't remember if it was on, on air or off air. Um, yeah, it was it was on air as was your retort. Gary. Yes. Well so now we have a goalkeeper. Um, so for, for... So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's the fact that we've signed a keeper and he is an absolute unit as well. I mean, six foot five, built like a brick outhouse. It's um, it, it looks like a, a very positive signing, and the fact as well that he came in and sort of did his interview and said, "Well, you know, I'm aware that I'm probably going to be fighting for a place, but I want to make the number one jersey mine." It's like, do we have another? Well, obviously we're going to have another keeper in mind, but are we going to have another keeper that comes in and, and makes uh, makes a new lads on the bench? Well, it's, uh, what I found interesting was that I think he's the first player I've ever known to use the word beheld in um, his interview. So I think he said <laughs> Lincoln City contacted me and I wanted to see what that beheld rather than something like you know the rolling out the yeah. no-brainer. <laughs> um, yeah, at first glance... Colchester United reserve at one point was third choice. You think, wow. Um, and then you, you look at Colchester United fans' reactions and they were they were sort of saying he should have been our first team keeper, big future ahead of him, et cetera, et cetera, all suddenly begins to fit into the pattern. It's hard to um, rave about you know, a player who's predominantly only played in League Two um, or in the Football League Trophy in the National League but then again, it's also not fair to condemn him either. Um, I, you know, I think it's a decent signing. I think uh, I would imagine that we will sign another keeper. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't somebody on loan. But mm. yeah, big lad as well, six or five. So yeah, I think one thing that we had issues with last year, and you know, with the greatest respect to Josh Vickers, was crosses, you know, deliver, set piece deliveries yep. into the box killed us last year. Uh, genuinely, and people will laugh at this, if we could have defended set-piece deliveries into the box, I actually think we could have troubled the top 10 because I don't think we were... At, you know, we had some bad performances, but we weren't as woeful. But you look at games where set-pieces killed us. Portsmouth at home was a set-piece delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think South End away, there was a set-piece delivery. There was a couple more at home that where we drew and we should have won. And, you know... You need a keeper who can command his area. And I get people who are saying, you know, you need the experience. I kind of live in that camp as well. That, well, you need someone who's maybe 30, been there, done it. At the end of the day, if this kid's 23 and he can command his area, it doesn't matter. What does age, you know, what does age matter? That doesn't apply yeah. to Ghislaine Maxwell and uh, Jeffrey Epstein, but at football level, it does matter. You know, if they're young enough, play them. <laughs> wow. Okay, didn't think we'd be getting a reference to them in the podcast, but uh, I didn't realise she was Robert Maxwell's daughter. I never realised that. <laughs> so, Fee, wow. Fee okay. didn't even realise Robert Maxwell was dead. 
I sat here the other day and I said to her, Ghislaine Maxwell is Robert Maxwell's daughter. And she went, he's a piece of work, that one. It's like, well, he's not anymore, is he? He's been dead nearly 20 years. But anyway, nearly 30 years, I think. <laughs> Did he die in 93? Anyway, um, so yeah, so that's Elliot Ross. Conor McGrandles. Yes, Conor McGrandles. I think this is the one where I looked at it and I went, that is, that's a, a really good signing. I mean, from... From the reaction of some MK fans, it sounds like it was um, he'd sort of fallen out of favour um, under the new regime there. But I think from from looking into it a bit more, I think he, he's a very exciting prospect, and it's uh, a lot of people seem to be quite gutted that he'd left. Um, so yeah, he's definitely one that I'm very. Like, this is when I say it's an exciting time. You know, I think signings like this make sort of made me sort of think oh okay yeah that's that's a bit of a surprise and i think that the most surprising thing is that they managed to convince mk to terminate his contract and he came over on a free rather than paying uh, was paying a fee i think that was um, to facilitate this their move for ben gladwin the next day um it's kind of one in mm. one out um i i somebody messaged me and said that they'd seen conor McGrandles in waitrose or something like that on Netland road uh, on Thursday or Friday, so uh, I'll be honest. I shrugged a little bit. I'm kind of like, oh yeah, mm, you know, playing in MK Don's team, out of favour with their manager. They finished around us or below us. You know, is that aspirational? You know, you, well, that was my first thought. And then you know, I've looked into it. I watched a couple of um, videos on Y Scout of him. Um, obviously, I've, I've got a couple of MK contacts. Uh, which is unusual for for somebody to have contacts with MK Dons fans. Um, the top blokes, Martin and Jonathan, um, <laughs> and they both kind of they both reiterated that it was a surprise to see him go. They weren't shocked to see him go, but it was a surprise that he went for nothing. Um, mm. MK, I think, have got quite a collection of midfield players, and he was the one that didn't particularly fit. Um, most of the uh, praise was around his engine, hard working, box to box, will chase, harass all day, always put a tackle in. One of the lads said that his positional sense leaves a bit to be desired. And if he's playing in the double six role, then you need an experienced midfielder next to him. And that kind of rang an alarm bell at first. But then again, I thought, look, that's playing in their system. Um it's you know again it's easy to take what another the fans of another team say positive or negative and and apply it it's like we when we signed Alan Sheehan you know all the 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 um, fans of of Luton Notts County etc raving about Sheehan and after one game people at Lincoln were like no he's crap he's shit so you know opinion mm. is all subjective yeah um but you know he's 24 McGrandles he moved at one point in his career for a fee thought to be around a million pound looks to me like he would have gone on to you know be a regular for Norwich had he not picked up that injury when he went back to Falkirk um he's clearly a player that we can look at and think yeah there's there's potential there to grow I wonder how long his contract is because I think he's the only one that hasn't been mentioned isn't it his contract length there was no mention uh, of how long we'd signed him for. yeah I, I there wasn't anyway I want, yeah I don't I, I it's something I didn't Honestly, I didn't pick up on that, but now you've said it, yeah, it's it's the only one out of the four so far that, yeah. But what I, what, hmm, what I find, yeah, what I, I do know. find interesting about that is Conor McGrandles isn't going to have come here on less money and the same amount of time than being at MK Dons, unless his attitude is bob on. So let's say he was at MK Dons and he was earning three grand a week, right? And he's got a year left of his deal at three grand a week. At the end of that deal, he'll hmm. be twenty five. 
you know, and he, even if he hasn't played, he could pick up another deal in less turbulent times because in a year's time, football's going to settle down again. So we haven't gone to him and said, mm. we'll pay you 1,300 quid a week for a year because otherwise he's just going to stuck it. You know, as ambitious as he is, it's a job. And like, even if you doing next gen base, if somebody came along from IGN or something and offered to pay you, I don't know if you actually get paid for it, but offered to pay you half <laughs> the amount of money to do the same job, you wouldn't do it. Mm. So I wouldn't with either. Or Matt, yeah, I mean, half of nothing is nothing. Yeah, but yeah. I get your point. Yeah, yeah. So with either, he's <laughs> e- with either matched his wages or come in underneath somewhere. Um, and I would imagine he's probably on a little bit less, but I would suspect that he's probably um, got a deal that's a little bit longer than a year, possibly two years, obviously, because that's a little bit longer mm. than a year. Yeah. No, I think um, it's, like you say, that that's an interesting point. I'd, I'd not picked up on it, but um, it's uh, it, it's almost like this the, the whole undisclosed fee nonsense um, that a lot of people kind of, you know, picked up on and said, well, why are we doing this? It's like... It's it's been done for a reason, really, hasn't it? So, well, the und- um, undisclosed. Yeah, I, I mean, gone. Yeah, you know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say um, the undisclosed fees are done just so that clubs can't have your pants down. That's why it is. So, if if you buy if you sell a player um, for mm. three million and it's an undisclosed fee, you can't then go out and buy the replacement. And the other club go, well, you just got three million for him, so we'll stick five hundred thousand on our valuation, yeah. but. I personally think that yeah. fees should be revealed at the end of a financial year. I think that that would be fairer to supporters um, because, you know, we all, well, you know, anally retentive people like me buzz off knowing who the record signing is and things like that. And at the minute, Lincoln's record signing mm-hmm. is still allegedly um, Dean Walling, 75,000, I think, isn't it? I thought i mean i thought that the the number was never confirmed but i thought that the the title of the record signing had gone to john kennedy yeah, you can't give somebody a title record signing without confirming the number it's like saying i'm, well, I'm going to go in the yeah, guinness book yeah, of records true. as being able to type the fastest but i'm not going to tell you how fast i can type <laughs> you, you can't at the minute the, you know the record signing for me is a confirmed fee and yeah, I, I thought a kindy yeah. you know combined boswick and anderson there was a figure touted around but yeah, it is what it is. Mm. I, I don't think fans have a right to know what a, a fee is at the time, but I think they do have a right to know, or certainly shareholders would have a right to know, and then it would come out naturally and organically um, in, at the end of the year. So, but it, you know, that's just my humble opinion as a as a writer and a supporter. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think um, it's yeah, that's, that's fair enough. But uh, so. How do we see? I mean, at the moment, how do we see the um, the, the, the squad lining up? Do we think uh, McGrandall is going to come in straight into the first team, and who's going to be his partner in midfield? And who, you know, how's that middle four going to look if it indeed it is middle four? It's. Uh, I think it's hard to say at the minute because the excellent interview with the Lynx Sport lads um, with Michael, he, he alluded to the fact that he might be looking at bringing in, you know, a different type of player, and that role in the middle of the park there is one way you can get away perhaps with playing somebody who's 30, 32 or even 28, 29. Do you know what I mean? Rather than if you bring someone in with experience and stick him out on the left wing, he spends half the game kind of watching on. So it's a, it's a yeah. key area. I can see McGrandles and James Jones being the midfield pairing almost certainly. But, you know, let's not forget Teo Eden, who I thought was excellent in the central midfield, but I have it on authority that Michael sees him as a left back. 
Um, but, right. you know, it's it's hard at the minute. You know, there's still, I still think, from what Michael said, four permanent signings, potentially a couple of loan signings, a couple of players still to go out. It's still early days, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... It's yeah, like I said, it's it's interesting. Um, I think the I think that the level of signings that are coming in they fit that mold that Michael wants to you know that, that we spoke about before with him, where he said you know he wants to bring in the players that he can develop and and turn into people that can um, you know bring in a or command a higher fee further down the line or you know be assets to the club um, really, which um, I'm I'm quite excited about that. So. Um, you put a tweet out asking for some questions. Um, we got quite a few in, so we will uh, we'll move on to that. Unless there's anything else that we need to talk about. Did we get any in that weren't from Cornet? <laughs> um, we got a few, yeah, genuinely. And that that's you know, it's not a dig. I did a Q and A on the um, on the video not so long back, and I thought I was going to pop on for five minutes, and Cornell kept me busy for my entire dog walk lesson. That's quite cool. He's enthusiastic, and uh, yes, as as any support, I I like enthusiasm. Yes, absolutely. So, um, right, do you want to do you want to lead off, or shall I lead off? You can lead off because I haven't got my Twitter window open, so I don't know what the questions are. Okay, right. So, okay, Um, first one that we got uh, was from Kate Jackson. It said, "Cake or death." cake every day cake yeah yeah but apparently there isn't any cake left unfortunately because they didn't expect so many people to pick it i've watched the clip now (laughs) there you go um so uh first one uh was from chris chris Keneally, and says if you could both pick a dream but got to be realistic center forward who would you go for and how would you rate our transfer business up to now and how many more new or old faces are you expecting in um, do you want to take the first question first? Yeah, no problem. Tyler Walker, 100%. Um, I think we're expecting at least four new faces in, maybe plus loans, depending on how many go out. I don't expect any of the old faces to come back. I've kind of said that uh, for a few weeks now, and I think that the more days pass, the more that becomes um, kind of possible. You know, I think it'll be a, a very new-look side. Uh, so that's where we are. I think probably the only players from last season who we will see play regularly, and by that I mean kind of started last season, uh, would be George Grant and potentially Harry Anderson. Uh, I, I can imagine mm. Kean even struggling a little bit to get in because he's not a ball playing centre back. But yeah, I don't think we'll bring any of the departed stars in. Not even Josh Vickers, who was the one that I really would have liked. Uh, I think to have brought back in and Alice, I would as well. Mm. But you know. Yeah, um, I, I've got to be honest. My my first thought was Tyler Walker as well uh, in terms of a, the centre forward. I think the key word there is is realistic. I wonder if it is realistic to to want to see Tyler Walker come back. Um, now, I've had a thought on this. Okay, so Tyler Walker is twenty three at the minute, and he turns twenty four in October. Okay, so he's got one year left of his mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest deal. So. If Forrest were to loan him out and he goes and scores 25 goals in League One, he can walk away for free at the end of the season and Forrest get literally nothing because he will be 24. So I can't see them loaning him out. I can't see them playing him. 
So I wonder if there might be some form of cut price deal available whereby he goes to a club and if he scores 25 goals a season and after signing a three-year deal and he's worth two or three million at the end of the year, then there's a sell-on fee for Forrest. I, I, you know, not necessarily us, and I see Sunderland have already made a sign-in today, but then think teams in our division are not actually going to have that much money to spend. So will Forrest do mm. something like they did with us, with George Grant, potentially with somebody else, whereby they let Tyler go for what would seemingly be a pittance, but they've got a 50% sell-on clause? Because if he comes in League One and gets the right service, he scores 25 goals. And if he scores 25 goals again after getting 18 or whatever it was last season for us and 23 the year before for Mansfield, he's going to be a seven-figure fee. And in a year's time, clubs will once again have more certainty as to what they can and can't spend. So it actually genuinely wouldn't surprise me to see Tyler make a low-value permanent move this summer. Okay. That's that's a good shout. I um, I, I didn't realise that he only had a, a year left on his deal, so that suddenly becomes a little bit more realistic. So uh, I will I will stick with Tyler Walker because that was the first name that came into my head, and I didn't really look at any others. Um, and I wouldn't be able to give you a definitive answer without going to Wikipedia for the next five minutes. Um, you soccer because base. I'm not Wikipedia. I'm not as weak. Yeah, okay. Base. I'm not as prepared as Gary, as we all know. Um, but I, I would rate the transfer business up to now fairly, you know, solid. Um, and like you say, I think with another four or five to come in, um, it's it's certainly going to be uh, an interesting run up to the 12th of September, which is now the start date confirmed. Which, yes, I know, Gary, you did say that last week, but it wasn't confirmed. So, anyway, um, right. Kate Jackson asks, in all seriousness, what are your thoughts on the Charlton situation and how it could make League One a 23-team league again next year, potentially changing the finances again? Um, I'll let you take that one first. I took the last one. I mean, to be honest, we don't... Well, to be fair, we don't really know that Charlton are are definitely coming down at this stage. Um, I, I think the... I think the situation with the championship and indeed with League Two, I think it's absolutely farcical that we don't know for certain who's playing in which league in what six, eight weeks, seven weeks. I I, I think it's just unbelievable. Like I know that there is the potential that you know uh, Sheffield Wednesday could get docked a bunch of points and bring them down into the League One. Uh, there's, I think we spoke about Derby as well last weekend, uh, last week, saying that they they have that possibility as well. And I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know the, the full ins and outs of the Charlton situation, um, but they the, the EFL cannot have another situation and another year or another season rather of a twenty three team league, like the. the the Football League and the Premier League over the past season has been farcical for so many reasons. I mean, obviously we had, you know, 23 teams in our league and that then led to all sorts of chaos in terms of who's going to, you know, how many relegation spots there are going to be in each league. And then we had COVID and it's like, okay, is that now going to be points per game? Is that going to be, are we going to try and finish the season? The Championship have finished their season, but we've had to go points per game. And now we don't know who's going to be up, who's going to be down. Well, we, sorry, we know who's going to be up. We don't know who's going to be coming down. It's it's just a nightmare. And I think if the EFL allow this to happen again, I, I mean, it, it's just saying that they're really not fit for purpose. It's it's 
awful if it happens again. Well, um, the problem is... I mean, your, your, the, your thoughts on that? The problem is the ins and outs of the Charlton situation are not that straightforward. Um, and, and people... I'm happy always to knock the EFL when I think that there is, is requirement for it. But Charlton announced, or, or ESI, which is the company that's taking over Charlton, which I think is East Street, East Street Investments, um, they announced the takeover in January, but the deal's not yet been ratified by the EFL. But that's not because the EFL are dragging their heels. That's because the group um, have yet to prove that they've got the money to finance the takeover. And so that, that's why they're being threatened with expulsion from the league for the same reason that Steve Dale was threatened last year at um, Berry because he didn't have the money to take the club over. But I think if you look at Bolton Wanderers, and that was allowed to drag on, and that's what must not happen. But Bolton, their owners, had to prove that they had the money to, to, to take over the club, prove that they had the money, and then were allowed to continue into the uh, into the Football League. Um, and I think that's where you know, it, it is a, it's an odd situation. I think the EFL will be less likely excuse me, to let this drag on if Charlton are a championship club, because I think the issue mm. with only having 23 clubs in the championship would be have more repercussions than it would in League One, because obviously uh, there's more TV money there. It's you know, how it gets divided up. It would actually probably mean significantly more money for each team rather than, you know, rather than across 24. Um, we don't know mm. that Charlton are coming down yet. I think did they finish second from bottom, or did they finish third from I bottom? Think, I think they finished on the edge of the. They relegation finished on twenty second, then didn't they? I actually, um, I, I, it's hard to call. I can see Sheffield Wednesday um, still being dragged into the relegation battle, but then you know, have the EFL got the balls for the legal fight? The whole situation is is tough. It isn't all the EFL's fault. Um, you know, it's it's just reflective of the problems in football. But Charlton have been a basket case for a couple of years now since um, that Muppet from Belgium, du, du Chalet or whatever mm. his name was. I mean, he was a right tall, that man. Yeah. He took over and he was the one that stopped the youth team having water at training. And, you know, the problem really stems from way back when. Um, yeah, when Charlton were a Premier League team or whatever, and when when they were first taken over by two Chalet, which was probably a little bit afterwards, the Premier League. That's when the problem starts. But you see, in that instance, the EFL are, are criticised for ratifying too quickly, and then the owner not being fit for purpose. But then people are willing to kick them for not ratifying quick enough. In this instance, when the new takeover is not fit for purpose, or allegedly not, so it's hard. It, you know, it's, it's a tough situation. It really is. Um, another twenty-three team league? No, thank you. Absolutely not. Not for me. But you can't start messing with promotion and relegation now either. So you can't suddenly say, "Well, we'll promote both the teams that were in the League Two playoff final, um, and we'll promote both the teams from the National League." If Charlton went to the wall, and then you've got equal numbers mm. because already, um, who did uh, Northampton beat Exeter? Didn't they in the final? So Exeter have started planning for League Two. Yes. So yeah. These things need sorting quickly, but at the end of the day, not my decision to make. No, and I'm I'm glad that it's not. You know, it's neither of our decisions because it's it's one of you know it goes back to similar to what we were saying around the start of the uh, of the COVID you know, COVID stuff. It's it's not an easy decision to make, and hmm, I don't know. Like I I just I, I think like you say, if if it goes down the route of potentially having a, another. You know, twenty-three team league. You, you just think, well, no, it's it's not 
it's not how the league should be run. And well, what I will say, mm, what I will say is, I'm really critical of the likes of Fleetwood's owner Andy Pilley. I'm critical of Dale Vince. Critical of rich owners who throw money at a mm. club to. I've never noticed. Fun. Yeah, I am. Um, but in actual fact, you know, at least those clubs do have the owners that are putting the money in, and you know, maybe it's it's the rogue owners mm. and the. But how do you know? Yeah, you know, as a fan, how do you know that mm. the lad that took over at Oxford Tiger? great big long name beginning with s you know on the face of it you think you know another shady asian investor coming in like at wigan and and yet he's been brilliant for the club it's yeah Mm. it's hard it's tough i feel for charlton Mm. fans i really do um oh yeah it's you know whenever whenever a situation like this arises it's always the fans that you've you've got to feel for ultimately and it's not not if it happens to forest green but other than that, yeah. Oh, no, no. If it, if it happens to Forest Green, I'd just be laughing. But anyway, um, uh, Ben Marum asks, uh, seemingly with the squad being rebuilt with young players, though arguably have played a decent amount in their career already, to support them this season, if you could bring in an experienced previous Lincoln City player to re-sign from the last five years, who would it be? There's one name that is immediately in my head, and I'm pretty certain it's probably going to be the same one that you're going to come out with. Well, I'm not going to say it. I've, I've tried to think a little bit further back, so I'll let you go. Uh, it's Bozzy. That oh, surprises me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now this depends whether it's a theoretical question or whether it is bringing a player back from how he was at the time. Do you know what I mean? So if you yeah. were to say to me, bring any player back from the last five years, if you could bring, if I could bring back the Jason Shackle that we had the year before when we went up from League Two, I think he was a League One quality mm. defender at that time. I thought he was excellent for us that season. So in that respect, I would have 2018-19 Jason Shackle back at the club. Um, if, and I know, this is, I know that I'm going to get pelters for this. I know I'll get pelters for it, and I do not give a flying rat's ass. Um, I'd bring Alex Woodyard back. Because yeah. oh, that's a good shout. I think you know. I I don't get. I I don't get the hate. I don't get the hate. I don't get the you know the ill will towards Woodyard. Well, I think it comes from the fact that people in the know kind of think. And when I say think, you know, I'm not saying he didn't. Um, say that he probably went off to have a look around Luton, you know, a long while before he left us and was kind of angling for a move quite a bit. Um, I, I mean, obviously, Bozzy's another one that you would want to bring back, but you know. There is a danger that you know, people always look at ex-players, and I mean, I pedal that sort of crap on my site, or I say that sort of crap on my site. You know, I'm always mentioning ex-players on my site because it's Lincoln City-related news because they are ex-players. But in terms of actually bringing ex-players back, there are very few from the last three years that I would have back here in a heartbeat. And probably some of the ones that I would have back in here in a heartbeat are actually fit the profile of what we're signing at the moment. Scott Wharton, for instance, I would bring back in a, in less than a heartbeat, but he's mm-hmm. not an experienced player, so he doesn't fit Ben Maron's question. Um, Sean Ragger, I'd bring back in a heartbeat. But again, is he experienced? Potentially, because he's had a year at Rotherham on loan and a year at Portsmouth. So, you know, but I wouldn't be looking at bringing a, a 30-plus back into the side at, as, as things stand. You- yeah. but what about someone like Rob Dickey? Yeah, again, you know, 
I, I suppose that's whether the, the it's a realistic question or not. Is it a player that realistically we could bring back or mm. just to pick anybody? Because obviously Rob Dickey's probably going to make a big money move into the championship. So again, you know, Danny Rowe, but he's not the experienced player, mm. but Danny Rowe, I think would fit nicely into Michael's passing philosophy if we were to play him back out as a winger rather than as a 10. So, that's a great shout. Um, yeah, Danny Rose, really good shout as well. Um, cool. Uh, next question is from uh, Chris Imptoons. Uh, can all of our new signings follow the resale value philosophy or do we need an older head or two in the squad as well? Which I think you've alluded to quite a bit um, with, with some of the chat from before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, um, as I say, I think... I don't... Well, I don't it, it's a tough question because do you need the older head? Like I said, we, I made the age gag earlier. Um, Alan Hansen believed that he couldn't win anything with kids and he ended up with egg on his face. Um, mm. And I prefer my egg with bacon, hash browns and beans, so I'm not going to make any bold statement like that at all. Uh, I'd, I like to think that you need an older head, um, but I don't want to be proven wrong. I do want to be proven wrong. I, I'd, I'd love us not to sign an older head and then win the yeah. league. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. Um I think I think that the, the there's a key quote that sticks out from when we did the the live pod with uh, with Michael. And it's when he said about experience. He said that you know experience isn't necessarily all about age. It's about you know the the number of games that you played. And when you look at somebody like Harry Anderson you you'd say that he's one of the more experienced players in our team, but he's still, you know, he's still a young lad. And then you also have um, the likes of Conor McGrandall as well. You know, he he's come in and he's He's in that spot, I think that um, that that Harry's. At. I mean, obviously he's a little bit he's a little bit older, but he's still in that you know young player mould. But he has the experience, so I'm wondering if if Michael's sort of thinking along those lines and saying, I, I wonder if these are you know the, the the experienced players that I'm bringing in that still have youth on their side. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, like you say, it'd be it'd be nice um, to to bring one older head in particular back, but I'm not going to dwell on that anymore. Um, what, Harry Harry Toffolo is that your is that your weekly Harry Toffolo reference? No, it was another Bozzy reference. Oh, Toffle be gutted! You've dumped him. <laughs> oh, I'll text him. It'll be fine. Sext him. We'll have a cuddle when all this is over. Did <laughs> with you with that tramp beard? <laughs> I'm not so sure. I had to look at it. I was, oh, I was like, it, it would be great if the bit between your lip and your chin would grow a little bit. But you look like. Do you shave it I, between I your lip and your chin? I cut it down a little bit because oh, it was. It looked like it was a strap. I, I, I cut it down a little bit because it, it was like it was curling up and it was always getting in my mouth. I'm like, no, I'm not having this anymore. So I, I cut that little bit away. But uh, uh, that, that's why. anyway. Um, Kate's next question. <laughs> Kate, Kate's next question. Uh, as far as I'm aware, the debate's still going on on the cup competitions next season. Which competition do you think should go? And I suspect you'll both say the EFL trophy, and I would agree. I wouldn't say the EFL trophy. Me either. Um, I'd, prob- I'd, I'd probably say the League Cup. Yep, 100%. Um, because I, I don't think the League Cup has anywhere near as much value as as the EFL trophy does to lower league teams, and I don't think it has the anywhere near as much value as it does as the FA Cup does to teams in the Premier League. So it's it's that weird middle ground for both, you know, uh, for, for both higher and lower ends of the spectrum. So I think the League Cup is one that 
should probably be cut from the fixture list because ultimately, as we proved, you know, if if we're able to get into stadiums by the time the season's about to conclude, which I imagine we probably will, a, a trip to Wembley for a small club can make a massive difference. So that's that's my opinion on that one. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there are a couple of teams that might argue with you um, that the League Cup's not a massive benefit to lower league teams. Uh, did Burton get to the... Um... Uh, semi-final or whatever, didn't they, this year? Did they? They got quite far along, yeah. Uh, I, I would probably say that that's... I'd, I'd probably say that that's not a... not. It didn't have as much benefit to them yeah, yeah, getting yeah. to the point that they did as, as it did for us getting to the quarters way back when. I, th- I think for Burton, he did at that stage. I think MK Dons hosted Liverpool. And, I, you know, I think, again, they might argue the case. But I'm actually with you. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, mm. really, because... Financially, the rewards for the the rewards for the league cup are very limited, and people go, ah, oh, but we went to Huddersfield and we won there, and we had Everton, and it was a great night. It was a great night, but and I'm, I stand corrected here. I would argue that we probably earned far less from the Everton game than we we would have if we had progressed out of the group stages in um, the EFL Trophy. Uh, and then gone on to the next round or the round after that because the uh, the prize money is is very good. Um, but you know, then it's is it fan experience mm. over uh, over money? If it's fan experience, you'd probably go for the League Cup as long as you don't get a crap draw like you know, Barnsley away or something. Um, from a squad view, it's a point of view. It's better to have the EFL Trophy because there's, you you can give your younger players a run out and your bit part players a run out probably without fear. Um, you know, so I, I like it in that respect. Um, it's more games which might be a hindrance given the, the season going forward. You know, and if you have a run in that trophy, you've got three group games and you've got, let's say, two or three games after that. It could be six matches. Whereas, you know, we had a League Cup run, in inverted commas, last year by beating Huddersfield and losing to Everton. Um, mm. So, yeah, to be honest, I wouldn't shed a tear if either went. Um, I wouldn't shed a tear if both went. But of the two, I would probably mm. rather keep the EFL trophy. Yeah, that that's sort of where I'm at with it. You know, I think of the two, um, you know, you'd probably, I'd, I'd prefer to see the uh, the League Cup go. So, uh, next one we've got. Uh, I mean, we can pick from about fifty from Cornell. Um, uh, sh- 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 let's have a look. Where are we? Um, where are we? We are there. No, this is great listening. I'll edit this yeah, bit down, you bastard. Great listening, this. <laughs> Red hot listening. Shall I sing a song while we're... Uh, yeah, go for yeah, it, mate. I go for do, it. I could do a, uh, a guess the lyrics quiz or something. <laughs> I'm not going to. Have we got a question? Yes. Uh, if you had to pick an Imps 5 side team from last season, who would it be? Uh, Josh Vickers. Uh, Josh Rickers, Michael Boswick, George Grant, Tyler Walker, and Joe Morrell. Yeah, I'd I'd probably agree. Nice, uh, nice, pacey, uh, pacey five aside team there. I'd I'd go with that. Um, right. Uh, Tim asks, "What are your thoughts on the Ellis Chapman situation? And do we know if the deal to him is still on the table? I would guess so, to protect us for a fee." So, okay, yeah, um, I, 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 I've given my thoughts on on that and with the greatest respect, kind of, you know, it is what it is. I would like us to keep Ellis. Um, there doesn't seem to be the, the 
I wouldn't say the desire to keep him from the club, but there doesn't seem to be a burning desire to keep him. Um, I know that it doesn't fit the model in inverted commas, but you know, the, no model is hard and fast. We're not going to keep all of the players of a certain age. Um, you know, the facts of the case are: it, I think he was offered a deal in in December. Um, he didn't sign that at the time, and then when COVID kicked in, as I understand that he was offered. Um, a deal that was less than the deal he'd been offered in December, which, you know, if I were in Ellis's shoes and I'd had one deal on the table and then it was withdrawn and something less was put in front of me, you know, I would be inclined not to accept it. Um, it would suggest to me that I wasn't as desired at the club yeah. as, as I was, as I would hope, but, you know, it's what it is. Yeah, it's... Um... I think it's it's one of those situations, unfortunately, where everything has kind of been exacerbated a bit by the COVID situation. You know, it's not made it any better. Um, and I think from from what I've heard through the grapevine, it sounds like, you know, Ellis was offered the, the deal before it all kicked in. So that's the reason that he wasn't let go with some of the other players. So I... I just wonder if it was a case of well, if if that offer hadn't been made earlier, you know, would would he have just gone? At, you know, in in the in the, the end of the season when the others did. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, fee for him. But so there's always going to be a Daniel, I think, mm. left on the table. I don't think we would just have got rid of Ellis, um, not at all. But. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sad. I'd, I'd love to see him stay because I think he's got a, you know, I think he does have a bright future. But ultimately, if if he doesn't fit into the plans, then it's you know it is sad. Um, but if he doesn't fit the plans, then he, he doesn't fit the plans. I'd I'd love to see him stick around there. Uh, and the final question, um, which will come from Cornell, um, is: Do you think the salary caps will be agreed before the start of the season? Um, yeah, because um, the votes on August the I can't think what the date is now sixth, twelfth, something like that. Um, I don't think that it will get put. I don't think more go to through. the point. As I say, more to the point. Do you think it will be effective? <laughs> I don't think it will go through. I think it, I, I wrote the article on it yesterday. I think it's farcical that you know, you have a meeting on July, whatever it was, and told that's the, the cutoff's going to be this point, and then just suddenly comes out, actually, you can sign players. And I think I explained it, that, and I, I don't know if it was on last week's pod, but the any players signed between now and, uh, I can't often remember the date off the top of my head, but it's August something, uh, will be taken at the average pay, average wage, and the average wage for League One has been worked out at 1300 and you will have to, that will be your salary cap figure irrespective of what you're paying that player for the length of his deal so let's say Mansfield right, Town okay. signed Tyler Walker tomorrow on a four-year deal paying him eight grand a week for salary cap purposes for the entire duration of his four-year deal he will only be counted at 1300 so fast yeah it's an absolute fast and initially the teams that were promoted Rotherham Coventry and Wickham were to have a vote on the salary cap and in my understanding was that they were in favour of some form of salary cap they're now having the vote taken away from them and the teams that are coming down the ones that are going to have a little bit more money to spend will be given a vote um, so Hall City coming down uh, and, and whoever else we don't know but you're not telling me that Sheffield Wednesday if they were, were relegated are going to come into this division and go yeah we'll vote for 2.5 million ain't going to happen um, weak implementation at the moment of the salary cap 
yeah, it's uh, it, it, it something needs to happen because, as you know, as we've discussed about the, the Charlton situation and, and the, the fact that you've got the likes of Salford and Forest Green and Mansfield buying up the league again down, uh, you know, down in League Two. It, something's got to happen, but unfortunately, it's not going to happen if if this keeps going on. You know, like you say, you're going to be giving a, a vote to somebody that's just come down from the championship. Which, you know, some of them may have a very decent war chest to to strengthen with, and it's like, right, we want to get straight back up to where we were. They're not going to turn around and say, "Yep, we'll give you," you know, "we'll we'll pay you next to sod all." It's it's ridiculous. But anyway. Um, I think that's probably the end of the questions. Apart from uh, I've got Sean's, one. that's just come in uh, now and says, "Can you answer?" It says, "Can you answer all of?" Oh, go on then. I've got one PM. Do you do Sean's first? Uh, he says, uh, "Can you answer all of Cornell's questions?" No, because there was about twenty of yeah, them. So no, no. Was that Sean Simons? <laughs> was it Sean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I'm surprised he hasn't asked about flavors of crisps or something. I think he was thinking of starting a cafe at one point. Um, but as mentioned at the top of the uh, in, at the podcast, and I'm not being sponsored for this. I like Tanya's at Horncastle. Do go along there, um, and I'm not being sponsored for that at all. It's just <laughs> bloody good. Uh, so I had one uh, DM'd from Julian Buttery. Now uh, I think I missed questions from him in February, by the looks of things. Um, sadly, uh, so he said, which away games do you want to play with no crowds uh, in the ground and which home games do you want to play with no crowd in the grounds? I'll throw that to you first. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, let's have a look. Who would I want to not... I'd, Shall I answer I'd, it while you go I'd, on? I would Wikipedia? quite like to not... <laughs> I'd, I would quite like to play Portsmouth without a crowd. Um, because it would mean that we wouldn't have to listen to that sodding bell for ninety minutes. Yeah. Big, lo- um, be a big loss on money. And as for though. going, as for going to a ground, I don't know. I I I honestly don't know on that one. Web, web page uh, not loaded up quick enough. <laughs> say again. I said, is your web page not loading up quick enough? <laughs> Have a, have a think who we played last year. And... <laughs> Sorry, Ben, I can't help it. Um, away games for me, Plymouth, hundred percent. Uh, Plymouth away first game oh, of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Um, probably Gillingham because uh, again, mm. not particularly happy, hunt, happy hunting ground for us. So I'd I prefer to not go to Gillingham. I think in terms of home games, um, arguably. AFC Wimbledon, who will bring minimal fans. Rochdale, who will bring minimal fans. Um, potentially Plymouth again, just for this for the same. You know, you don't want. Uh, and I know you were you were joking, but you don't want to miss out on Portsmouth, Sunderland, Ipswich, Peterborough, Hull City. You don't want to miss out on those boys coming here uh, and not having full grounds. But you know, we don't know what's mm. going to happen. I, I would be very surprised if we had full grounds in October. Very surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, in terms of it was a bit of a flippant answer of not having to listen to the bell, but it's um, yeah, it, it's going to be the teams that won't bring a lot, um, and you know, teams that are incredibly far away. I mean, Plymouth's a great shout. I um, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd like to go to Plymouth because we've got relatives down there, but in terms of you know the the actual um, 
the actual logistics of it for everybody else. It's like, nah, I'd, I'd give that a miss. So, um, but that's about it, I think. Unless there's anything else, I think I'm done. I'm not paddling anywhere's. So, um, cool. Yeah, I'll do. Excellent. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to to say to our hundreds of listeners, don't buy a Philips TV because their customer service is atrocious. Um, that's about it for me. I'm just going to drop that and leave it because, yeah, I've been arguing with them for a month about a TV that costs more than my first car. So um, I'm just getting a bit pissed off with it. Um, but I think that's probably a good spot to leave it. Uh, we will see you guys next week. I've bought dinners that cost me more than my first car. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that's a flippant comment. To be fair, my first, I haven't. My first car was 295 quid and my mum and dad bought me it. But I have actually once paid a bill in a restaurant that was more than an Astra that I bought. I bought an Astra from... Um, Wayne Fleet and the colour was best described as beer shit brown um, you know like a Sunday morning brown we'll call it <laughs> it was horrible it had, an, it had like an, an orange interior it was like it, it was a Mark 1 Astra I think it was on the old W wretch and I went all the way to Wayne Fleet I was brassic I paid 125 quid for this um, for this Astra and I got 49 miles out of it and that included the journey home uh, before it went kaput so and I did once, yeah, pick up a tab in a restaurant that was more than that. So fair enough. There we go. Um I have just had a text from my good lady wife. Um while we've been recording and it says uh Black Away Kit. So it looks like the Away Kit is uh, is on the verge of being released, which of course it is because we're recording a podcast. Um it's uh, the club have tweeted a picture literally five minutes ago um of a black shirt with red stitching so unless you and i'm guessing you've probably already seen something along the lines of it so um well we'll we'll probably talk off air well no that that's just the thing right i might have done but i can't remember i can't remember if we if the supporters board actually saw the away kit this year or not something i mean i can't think that we wouldn't have seen it but I wonder if it's just because I, I, I'm i so interested in the home strip. I'll be honest, away shirts for me are pretty much of a muchness. Do you know, I, I get them if the home shirt's crap or if they go on sale cheap at the end of a year. But And, and I'll always comment on them. But I don't eagerly await our away kit you know, like some people do. Um, yeah, I wonder if I have seen it. I wonder. Either way, I'm going to get it because I, 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 I do love a good... Uh... Love a good black uh, away shirt. I've got my. I still wear my uh, my sports TV one from when was it? Two thousand and four, five was It'd that. It'd be the 0405 season, I think, because it was when we signed um, Steve Robinson in the pre-season. We had the black yeah. kit because we had the navy blue kit, which was absolutely gorgeous uh, for Keith's first. Yes. No, wait a minute. So, no, did we have a yellow away kit in 0203? Because th- that, that was the first playoff final season. Yeah, was that a yellow away kit? And then we went to the blue yes. in 0304 yeah, and 0405. Played... So the black one might have been 0506. Well, we played in um, we played in yellow at the Millennium Stadium. Yeah, that's the right. The first time out. And, we... um, and then... We had the navy blue for two years. We had, was it the blue kit? The f- 
Yeah, because they alternated which one was new, didn't they, between yeah. home and away. So it was we had the blue kit for two years. So yeah, it would have been 05, It was, and then thinking about it, yeah, because I bought it. I think did we have the friendly with Watford in 05, 06. And I think I got it not long after that. I must have been living on Norbeck Lane in Welton and I only lived there for a year. I only lived there for one pre-season. Mm. So I think it was 05, 06, because 06, 07 was then... Did it stay black? Because did it go sports uh, TV Christ and then heart? No, we had a white. We had a white had one a, with yeah, heart. Yeah, we had a white away shirt. What was the away shirt in yeah. 06, 06? I mean, this is fascinating, listeners. I know you're going to love this. Um, <laughs> what was the away shirt in 06, 07 then? Um, and that that was, yeah, again, this, is where we, this is where your Wikipedia skills will come in handy. Um, it was... <laughs> It was 06, 07. It would have been Jeff Hughes. I think that was still a black one. I think we, we had the. I think we had a different sponsor because I think we wore that black when we went away to Swindon that year and won one nil. Spencer Weir Daly or one. Do you remember? No, Jamie Forrester. Weir Daly scored twice at Walsall. Yes, because I went to that Walsall game. It was. Um, and I'm sure that was. was a, I'm sure that was a black. Um, Tap, 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 tap. Where are we? Away shirt, 2007, 2008. So we had 2000, 2003 was the yellow one. Yeah, uh, 2003, 2004 was yellow. Shirt. 04, 05 was blue. 05, 06, yeah, 05, 06 was black. 06, 07 was black. 07, yeah. 08 was white. Yeah, yeah, 07, right. um, Yeah, and then... So we had the black um, one two years in a the, row. The grey one with the university. Yeah. And we, we, had, we yeah. had a couple of nice yeah, third that's right. kits. I really liked the golden navy blue third kit that we had. That was Jacko time, wasn't mm. it? We, yeah, I mean, it, yes, it was. Yeah. Because that um, was when we had the but you're right, it was, away kit. It was sports TV. It was sports TV for the first year. It was a black kit. And then it changed to heart for the I second year. I thought it was year, heart. So they kind of got away with keeping, yeah, they, they got away with keeping the kit but changing the sponsor so completists bought a second one anyway. Yeah, I, so. I didn't. I, I think I've got the Black Sports TV one. I have anyway because I remember buying it, but I wouldn't buy the heart mm. one. But that was when I was only buying um, – I would only buy the shirts usually if they were on offer at the end of a year mm. because after, that was how I so. got my uh, – I got the Blue Echo one that I always go on about for 15 quid, I think. Oh, fuck, I love that shirt. And my old man the other day was over and he said um, he said to me, oh, there might still be some boxes in the loft of your stuff. And I got my hopes up and he came around yesterday for a game of pool, kicked his ass, by the way, 4-1, smashed it. Um, <laughs> and uh, he admitted he'd been in the loft and there's nothing up there. So that shirt is lost forever, which I think motivated me to my 4-1 win. Oh, there you go. So Cool. Um, but. Right, I think that is a good spot to end the uh, end the podcast now because uh, yeah, we've we've We're digressed a little bit into <laughs> into kit talk, which uh, I'm sure, will, yeah, probably probably excite a couple of people. But uh, right, we will see you hopefully next week again. Uh, we are aiming to get back to to weekly normality uh, going forward. So uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Leave us a review on iTunes. I know people have uh, probably getting bored of hearing that, but it's always good and it helps us out. So. Cheers for that, and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.